everyone. Welcome to New Point Community Church. Thanks for joining our podcast today. We pray that this series and this message inspires you to grow your faith and builds your relationship with Jesus. Enjoy today's message. Good morning, New Point. How are we doing? Hey, I am so glad to be with you, and I welcome all of our campuses, those of you in Canton and Worcester, Millersburg, Coshocton, Cambridge, T County, and those of you who are joining us online, we're honored to have you with us. Um, baptism is an incredible, unbelievable statement of faith. When people are baptized, what they're saying is, I am giving way to my old life, and I'm being resurrected to a new life. I'm a new man, I'm a new woman, I'm a new person. I have eternal life. I'm gonna spend forever with Jesus and he's gonna live within me forever here on earth, helping me deal with the challenges of life and all that life has to throw at us. And that's why we encourage you to give. That's why we challenge you to serve and to sacrifice and to be able to give of your time and your talents and treasure because it's that important. The stakes are incredibly high. And if you haven't been baptized, I want to encourage you to uh, talk to your campus pastor and be able to do that and make that declaration. Well, we're in this series called Life and Death, and here's what we're learning. The tongue is powerful. And because we're created in the image of God, he spoke all of this into existence that you and I know and enjoy. He's given you and I to the power to speak words that will bring life, that will bring light to situations and to to circumstances and to people. And every time you talk, every time I talk, this is heavy. I'm either speaking life or I'm speaking death. I'm either bringing light into darkness or I'm bringing darkness into light. And that's an incredible privilege, but also responsibility for those of us who follow Jesus Christ, because we have to follow his example. And that's what he did when he was here on earth. He spoke life into situations that were filled with death and darkness. Jesus's half-brother James saw that, experienced that. And he writes these words, and he writes a letter, and Most of the book of James, the letter of James, deals with the tongue, deals with words. And here's what he has to say. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire spark. And the tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body. Your your words, my words, can stain and scar the whole situation. Set on fire by hell. What he is saying is this, if you and I do not manage our words, if you and I do not control our tongue, we run the risk of igniting a forest fire in our marriage, in our family, at our workplace, at New Point, in our community, at school, in our neighborhood. Can you imagine that? That you could ignite something like that that would destroy and damage everything? You see, we can't underestimate the power of our words. They're powerful, and we talk a lot, don't we? 
Some of us, I know, talk more than others, but we all talk a lot. He goes on to say this. He says, for every kind of beast and bird or reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. Wow. This little thing here, we can't tame it. We can have a set, bark. We can even chain, uh, train a dog to, to go outside, let us know, right? So he doesn't do it on the carpet or the couch. But he said, you can train all these different animals to do these different things, but we can't control, we can't tame, we can't train our tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Are we getting the message? Huh? Are we getting the message that God is very, very serious about the words that I speak, the words that you speak? It's very direct and it's very challenging to you and me to let us know that, hey, you know what? You're created in my image and I've given you the ability to speak life or death. Don't underestimate your words. And yet he also tells us that our words, our tongue is unpredictable. It's impulsive, isn't it? Because we've all been guilty. I didn't mean to say that. You got in a situation and Instead of being disciplined because our tongues are not trained, we say impulsive things, whether it's to our kids, whether it's to our spouse, whether it's to our boss, whether it's to an employee, whether it's to a friend. And when we don't manage our mouths, what happens is we come to a place like this, we bless God, and then we go out and curse one another. And he's saying there's something wrong with that. Something wrong with that. We... We come and we bless God and we speak death to one another. Paul caught this and he was training Timothy and here's what he told Timothy. He says, keep away from worthless and useless talk. Why? Because in many words, there is sin. The more I talk, the more likely I'm gonna sin, okay? It only leads people further away from God. So here's what we need to understand. Your words and my words, whether it's in the home, whether it's at the workplace, whether it's at the golf course, whether wherever it is, our words are either drawing people to Christ or they're pushing people away from Christ. Wow. We're going to learn about that today. And there's three areas that, that all of us struggle in. All of us do, because we're all human beings, and none of us have mastered the tongue. And what I want to do is I just want to share with you these three areas, and then I want to help us how we can address it in our own life, because it, it's a continual work in process, okay? None of us, as James says, has mastered our tongue yet. All we can do is get better at it, okay? All we can do is, is make progress in it. So let's look at these three things. The first one is negativity. Negativity. Are you negative? Now, most of us would say we're not negative. But the fact of the matter is most of us are. We have a bent towards negativity because life isn't easy and it's challenging. And when life is hard and life is difficult, what happens is we have a tendency to have a bent towards negative thinking and negative speaking. And it's hard to break because of the culture that we live in. Matter of fact, the, the culture feeds your discontentment. It feeds my discontentment. That's why we have commercials, okay? They're wanting us to think negative. 
They're wanting us to be discontent. And, and it's hard to shake, really hard to shake. And yet your negativity, my negativity, all of our negativity is hard to, to shake because it's contagious. It's worse than a cold. It's worse than the flu, your negativity. And here's the problem. They say that 80% of our thoughts are negative and 95% of them are repetitive. So we have negative thoughts going through our minds constantly over and over and over again. And what happens is if it lays in my heart, if it lays in your heart, it eventually is going to come out. And so what happens is all of us have been recipients of negative words. Maybe we grew up in a negative home. Maybe we have negative friends. Maybe we work at a negative place. I don't know. But what happens is this negative thinking, okay, can consume us and we're not even aware of it. Because again, if I were to ask you, are you negative? Most of us, ah, you know, I'm a realist. Okay, I just tell it like it is. And yet negative thinking is our enemy because it's, it dampens passion. It dampens motivation. You can suck the life out of a room just with a word. And it can become our own worst enemy because here's the thing, okay? You speak words of life and death and you talk to yourself. Nobody talks to yourself more than you. And so negativity not only affects the people around you, it affects you. It destroys relationships. Because what happens sooner or later when you're in a relationship if negativity surfaces, okay, it will undermine that relationship. I promise you. Because what happens is that other person, let's say the other person, we'll go with the other person, whoever they are, are negative. If you, if you stay in that relationship, pretty soon you'll begin to respond in a negative way. And you know what? Two people who are negative with one another, they don't hang out together. <clears throat> they go their separate ways. <clears throat> and, and so you can be in that environment of where it feeds your own negativity. And negativity usually comes from being stuck in the past. We're chained in the past. Something's happened to you. Something's happened to me. Something happened to us at work. And so what happens is we can't dislodge that in our mind. And so that becomes the focal point in our mind. And so what happens is we become consumed with negativity and it reinforces itself in us so that now we even think negative about ourselves. We think negative about other people. And these things continue to compound because we continue to speak words of death to ourselves. And so the question is, do you see yourself as a negative person? You see, here's what I believe, okay? I believe this for me. I believe this for you. That Jesus wants to take every word of negativity out of your vocabulary. He wants to eliminate it all because he wants you and he wants me to be men and women of faith. He doesn't want you to deny reality. I'm not talking about denying reality. I'm just talking about being negative. He wants you and I to be able to come to situations and speak life and light. He wants it coming out of your mouth. He doesn't want judgment. He doesn't want sarcasm. He doesn't want criticism. He doesn't want complaining. He doesn't want gossip. He doesn't want any of that. He wants words of life coming from you and me. And so how do you know if you're negative? How do you recognize it in yourself? Because it's hard. Let me ask us some questions. 
Here's, here's the first one. Are you initially and repeatedly in opposition of just about anything? Ah, that won't work. Are you crazy? Are you nuts? How's that going to happen? That's negativity. And it dampens passion. It kills vision. It destroys relationship. You see, a negative person is a very narrow-minded person. And they do things because that's the way that we've always done it, even if it isn't working. And they'll complain about the way in which you're doing it, even though it's the way that you've always done it. Because that's just how negativity works. How about this one right here? Are you quick to say no? You know, they haven't even got it halfway out of, no. No. That's not going to work. No, then you're negative, okay? Are you unteachable? You know, are you curious? Are you willing to learn? Are, are, are you willing to say, hey, you know what? There could be another way. There could be a, 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 another solution here. How about this one right here? Do you ask for forgiveness quickly when you say something hurtful? Negative people don't because they can't handle it. Be, because what happens, it, it would mean that they have to own something, that they have to take responsibility. How about this one right here? Do you have a disapproving air about you? You know, you're sitting around the kitchen table, the dining table, wherever, the boardroom table, and somebody looks at you, oh, we know, we know. See, some of us, we grew up with a dad or a mom like that. And you know what? So we have a negative self-image. We lack confidence. We don't think things could ever be different because we've grown up with that. And, and, and so what we have to understand is negativity just kills everything. It can be a defensive mechanism because what happens is um, we're protecting ourselves. I told you it wasn't going to work. Why don't you listen to me? And so what happens is negative people are always afraid of being wrong. And so, you know, I'm going to be the devil's advocate. I'm just going to speak to this. And basically, it's because we have become stagnant. We have become stuck in our growth with God because God is a God of possibilities. God is a God of faith. He wants you and I to do that. And, and, and when you and I are negative, it has unbelievable collateral damage to your kids to your spouse, to your coworkers, to the place of work. It has tremendous, unbelievable collateral damage. And so we have to deal with this. We have to deal with this. So here's what God's word has to say, okay? In Ephesians, this is so, so powerful. In Ephesians chapter four, it says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs, that it might benefit those who listen. Whew. Wow. Don't let any unwholesome talk, any negative talk come out of your mouth. Only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs. You see, when we're negative, we're basically focusing on our needs. We're, 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 we're protecting ourselves. And he says, for the benefit of all. Hey, mom and dad, your conversations that you have with one another, does it benefit each of you and those who are listening, those little ears? You see, what happens is your kids can take a negative view on certain people, organizations, because they hear you talk. 
Pat, Patty and I, one of the covenants that we made between us, we'd never speak bad about New Point in front of our kids, never. If I'm struggling, if she's struggling, we won't do it in front of our kids. The church is too precious, even though it's flawed, even though it's imperfect because we didn't want them to grow up with a negative view of church. Many people have a negative view of church and it's come right from their mom and dad's mouth. Y'all okay? And it's done collateral damage, unbelievable damage. Or maybe about a certain person or about a certain group of people and it's done damage and it's destructive and it's set a place ablaze. And we have to repent. We have to say, God, forgive me. I I went negative on that. You see, a negative mind will never give you a positive life. And a Christ follower should be positive, not denying reality, but just saying, God, you're good. You're great. You're you're unbelievable. You, you, You change situations. You speak life into those situations that are death. And so negativity. Let me give you the second one. The second one is complaining. Closely behind, okay? Kissing cousins, all right? Life's hard. Would you agree with me? Life's difficult. Life's challenging. Life's not fair. We can go on and on and on. We live in a fallen world. And so it's easy for us to complain. Nothing's ever perfect. I mean, nothing this side of heaven is perfect. So there's plenty of room to complain. And we complain about anything and everything, don't we? My coffee's not hot enough. My coffee's too hot. Too much cream, not enough cream. And, and, and we can complain about every little thing and it's devastating. And people are listening to you and me. And what we need to understand is when you and I complain, let's listen to me, we kill the presence of God. God does not live in an environment of complaining. It kills him. Matter of fact, It angers him because when you and I complain, what we're saying is, God, I deserve better than this. God, I deserve more than this. What's wrong with you? Don't you see this situation? And so what happens is very easy for you. It's very easy for me to fall into grumbling and murmuring and complaining and whining and doing all of that. And what happens is we kill the presence of God. So here's my question. If you don't feel close to God, today, if you don't feel that he's close, it may be because you're a complainer because he doesn't inhabit the environment of complainers. Scripture tells us that, that he inhabits the praises, the thanksgiving of his people. The psalmist writes, I will enter his gates. I will enter his presence. I will enter his courts with praise. And, and so what happens is we, we have to be people who refuse to complain who refuse to complain because it disconnects us in our communication with God. It shuts shuts them off. It just, boom. And you'll never feel close to God. You'll never, because what happens is when you and I complain, we're indicting God. You're not doing your job. You need to do a better job. And so we speak death. We bring darkness into a situation. Paul writes this to the church in Philippi. He says, do everything, not most, okay? This is tough. This is hard. This is why we all need grace. Do everything without complaining or arguing. Wow. Think of what would happen in my house, your house, 
your workplace, my workplace, New Point, everywhere, if we would just say, you know what? I'm going to do everything without complaining. And I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to shout somebody down. He says, do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become what? Blameless and pure. Wow. Blameless and pure. Children of who? Of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you will shine like stars in the universe. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, hey, Mason, saying to you and me, to all of us, if you refuse to complain, you'll stick out like a sore thumb. You'll be like a shining star. It'll be so obvious to everybody because everybody else is complaining. Everybody else is murmuring. Everybody else is whining. Everybody else is doing it. And you're not. You want to get a promotion at work? Here's your answer. Stop complaining. Stop complaining. And you'll, you'll shine. You'll shine bright and you'll draw attention to yourself just through your words, because you'll be speaking life and not death. And so we need to be able to say, God, you know what? Help me not to complain. Because you're always, listen, you're always going to see something that you could complain about. We live in a fallen world. We live among fallen people. And yet what we have to understand is when I complain, when you complain, it affects everybody that's listening to us. It's emotional pollution. That's what complaining is. It's emotional pollution and it affects all of us. And we're saying, God, I don't have faith in you. God, I don't believe in your promises. God, I don't trust your principles. It sends an incredible message to God that he's not who we thought he was. And so we got to deal with complaining because it brings death. It brings darkness. Moses understood this when he was leading the people of Israel. He says, Who are we? You're not grumbling against us, but against the Lord. Listen, when you complain against the leader, you're not complaining against that leader. You're complaining against God. That's what Moses is saying. When you complain against your boss, you're complaining against God. When you complain against your parents, you're complaining against God. Y'all okay? We're just saying, hey, you know what? God, you're not doing your job. This should stop us in our tracks. Because when we complain and grumble against circumstances, what we're saying is, I deserve better. I deserve better. And I think if we would understand that when we complain, it's really against God, it would change our perspective. It would change our view. So let me ask you a question. What are you complaining about? Be honest. What are you complaining about right now? Here's what I know. God's not in it. God's not in it because he doesn't inhabit complainers. He inhabits praisers, people who are thankful. Let me give you this last one, gossip. Woo, woo. This is the ugly duckling, okay? Gossip. We've all done it, right? All of us have been guilty of it. And and, and what is gossip? Okay, Are you all okay? Huh? Still love me? Huh? Hey, I haven't mastered this. I'm just letting you in on what God's talking to me about, okay? We're all here. And so we just need to have a conversation. We need to be reminded of this. And so what is gossip? Here's gossip as I have defined it. Sharing information with somebody about a problem or another person when that person we are sharing with is not a part of the problem or a part of the solution to the problem. 
Anytime I do that, anytime you do that, you're gossiping. You're gossiping. And gossiping is deadly. Gossiping is poison. It's a relentless evil. It's destructive. It will kill. Gossip about your husband, gossip about your wife, gossip about your mom and dad, gossip about your girlfriend, about your boyfriend, about the teacher, about the coach, about the leader, about the boss. All of that is deadly. It's just deadly. And we have to address it in our life. We have to become aware of it in our life that, hey, you know what? When I'm talking to somebody and they're not a part of the problem and they're not part of the solution, even if it's a prayer request. Because that's how we kind of camouflage it, right? Hey, did you know that Bob and Betty are having marital problems? I think we ought to pray for them. (laughs) What do you mean Bob and Betty are having marital problems? Well, you know, I just am concerned, prayerfully concerned. No, no. You know, what happens, a part of, of, of relationships is integrity, and integrity is the ability to be able to keep confidence. Here's what Proverbs has to say. A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. Can you keep a secret? See, see what happens, the reason why we have a hard time keeping a secret is because we want to feel important. Let me tell you what I know, because I'm really important. I know stuff that you don't know. And what happens is it undermines your relationships with other people and their relationships with you. Proverbs goes on to say this, anyone who speaks or spreads gossip is a fool. A fool, why? Because it hurts us and it hurts those that we are talking about. It may make you feel better just for the moment because what happens is you say, I thank God I'm not in that situation. I thank God that I'm not them. But what happens is when you start talking about other people, you undermine your own credibility. And we have to watch that. We should be talking about their good qualities and, 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 and what is right instead of what is wrong. Because what happens is gossip destroys families destroys churches, it destroys companies, it destroys schools, it destroys everything. Because once I let it out, I, I can't reel it in. I can't reel it in. And so it separates close friends. It even destroys life. And your relationships and my relationships are one of the primary ways in which we show integrity. By saying, hey, you know what? This is between you and me. See, Scripture says, confess your sins one to another so that you might be healed. We're really hesitant on that. You know why? Because we don't know very many people who can keep secret. (laughs) And so what happens is we live with this guilt. We live with this shame. And, and, And God doesn't want that. And so we need to be able to look for trustworthy people that says, hey, I, I need to tell you something, and I need it to be just between you and me. It reminds me of a, of a story of three guys. They were friends, and they were fishing buddies, and they were out on the lake, and, and um, they just decided to get real with one another. What are you struggling with? And the one guy said, well, you know what? To be honest with you, if I'm going to level, if we're going to be honest, I need to tell you I've been drinking a little bit too much. I'm going to the cabinet. You know, my wife doesn't know it, but I've just been drinking a little bit too much, and, and I need your prayer for that. I said, okay. How about you, Bob? Well, you know what? I'm deep into pornography. 
and it's hurt my marriage. And I, I need you to, to pray that somehow I'll be willing to get help and, and my wife and me can heal. And so they said to John, John, which, what's your sin? He says, my sin is gossip and I can't wait to get back to shore. <laughs> pray for me. <laughs> See, we don't want that, do we? No. We want to be able to say to somebody, hey, you know what? Let me, let, me, let me tell you the truth about where I'm at. And I need it to be between us. And you can hold me accountable, but I need your prayers. And I need to have somebody that I can go to. Because what happens is when we gossip, we're basically spreading rumors or lies about a person that ends up bringing about severe damage. And it's on purpose. It may be because we're jealous of them. We may envy something about them. We may just be flat out angry because stuff's going on in our life. And so what happens is we're, we're, we're thinking that, you know, somebody says, hey, you know what? I, I think George is a wonderful guy. Uh, if you knew George the way that I knew George, you wouldn't be saying it because you're mad at George. And so you want to bring George down. You want to do damage to him. And we can't. We're speaking death instead of life. So what's the answer to all of this? Well, the psalmist, okay, David, he writes this. He says, take control of what I say. I think that should be all of our prayers. It's my prayer. God, man, you know what? I don't want to fall into negativity. God, I, I don't want to be a complainer. God, I, I don't want to gossip, okay? I only want to talk about those things that, that are relevant to the situation. Take control of what I say, oh Lord, and guard my lips. Guard my, my lips, guard my words, God, because I know that, that this tongue I have, I haven't managed to control it. Don't let me drift towards evil. What's evil? Speaking death. Or take part in acts of wickedness. What's wickedness? Negativity, complaining, you all right? And gossiping. Don't let me participate in that. What's the answer? Is there any hope from you and me? James says, hey, you know what? Just one little spark of negativity, just one little spark of complaining, just one little spark of gossiping can set ablaze a whole family, a whole company, a whole church, a whole school. How do I do it? Well, let me give you some help. First of all, I got to admit that it's a problem. Okay, God, you know what? I haven't been able to master this. And there's times I go here and I don't want to go there, but I find myself going there and I need your help. I need your help. I want you to fill my heart with goodness and joy and peace. I want to be able to take every thought captive, those, those thoughts that are negative, that wants me to complain and gossip. I want to take those thoughts captive. I just need to admit, because here's what happens. God gives help. He gives grace to the humble. Humble. If I say, hey, I don't have a problem with negativity, I don't have a problem with complaining, I don't have a problem with gossip, then what happens is, is you kill the power of God in your life. Humility is what activates God's power in your life and in my life. Here's, here's what scripture has to say in Proverbs 28, 13. A man who refuses to admit his mistakes can never be successful. But if he confesses and forsakes them, he gets another chance. This is God's grace. We all get it wrong, okay? We all need to grow. We all need to admit our issues and our problems. And when you do, we have a heavenly father who will give you grace. Let me give you the next one. Accept responsibility for my life. I, I just have to accept it. 
Yep, I was negative. Thanks for calling me out. Yep, I was complaining. Thanks for calling me out. Yep, I shouldn't have said that about Joe or Pete or Lucy or Sally. Yep. You just take responsibility for your life. You own your words, okay? Proverbs says it like this. Some people ruin themselves by their own stupid actions and then blame the Lord. Wow. And that's not owning up because what happens is we either accuse people, okay, and we blame it on them. Well, if you wouldn't have, I wouldn't have, or we excuse ourselves, okay? Or what happens is we choose. We choose. Those are the three kinds of, of responses. We accuse other people, or we excuse ourselves, or we get to choose to be responsible for our lives. Let me give you this last one. And the last one is this right here. That is, we need to be grateful. We need to be grateful. This is the key. Why do we become negative? We're not grateful. Why do we complain? We're not grateful. Why do we gossip? We're not grateful. Studies have shown that gratitude is the healthiest emotion that a person can have. And what we need to remember in all of this is no matter what you're experiencing, no matter what I'm experiencing, God is always with us. He's always in us and he's always for us. And this is cause for gratitude. God, I realize that everything that happens to me, you're there, you see, you're working and you're dealing with it. And you know what? I'm not gonna complain to others. I'm gonna cry out to you. You know what? I'm not going to be negative about the situation. I'm going to put my faith in you. God, I'm not going to talk about other people who can't do anything about it. I'm going to talk to you because you can do all things. First Thessalonians says this, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. What's God's will? Is that I have a grateful heart that you have a grateful heart. Why? Because when I have a grateful heart, I won't fall into negativity. When I have a grateful heart, I won't find myself complaining. When I have a grateful heart, I won't find myself gossiping. Would you pray with me? Just bow your heads. They're gonna come and they're gonna sing a song and it's a song of gratitude. And I find out that when my heart is filled with gratitude towards a good God, a great God, a generous God, it's amazing what comes out of my mouth. When I find my heart that's filled with negativity and complaining and gossip. It's amazing what comes out of my mouth. And it's not good. It's not life. It's death. It's darkness. And so, Father, we thank you today for your love, for your patience, for your kindness. And we look to you. We ask you to guard our mouths, to guard our tongues, to guard our words. We want to be men and women who shine, who speak life, into those situations that are filled with death. We want to bring light to those situations that are filled with darkness. We want to follow you in all of our ways. And for that to happen, we need to give thanks for who you are and what you have done and what you are doing. And we pray all of this in the name of Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to know more about us, please visit our website at newpoint.org. There you'll find past messages, parent resources, times and locations to all of our physical campuses, or you could just download our app at newpoint.org app. There you can find all those same resources just in a mobile version. We want to say thank you again for joining us and we'll see you next time.